We live in a world of headlines and highlights. Headlines and highlights. The big, the loud, the spectacular gets most of the attention, doesn't it? I mean, just pay attention around you when you're watching the news. That's what the news is, right? The evening news or the homepage of that news site that you frequent. It's all about the headlines. In fact, that, that's what they do at the very beginning. Here's your, and they'll say, here are the headlines tonight. Whether it's good or bad, and unfortunately, way too often, it's the bad stuff that gets most of the press, especially up front, right? You ever notice that it's the good stories that, that are at the end? If you hang on that long, right? If you hang on long enough, if you can handle all the bad, you get to the good. And I know that's a, that's a, that's a big stereotype, and there are probably exceptions, but you know what I'm saying. Headlines. And highlights. Oh, my goodness. Highlights. I think sports, ESPN exists because of sports highlights, right? I mean, without the highlights, really, no, no, one's, no one's really tuning in all that much. It's Sports Center that made ESPN what it is. And Sports Center is all about highlights. Yeah. Fascinating how we are drawn to that kind of stuff. But, but here, here's what you may not be aware of that I think if you'll think about it, you'll know is true. The, the real truth is that it, it's, the, it's the simple things, simple moments, normal things, normal moments, simple stuff, normal stuff that makes all headlines and all highlights possible. Just think about it. It's the common, everyday stuff. It, it's the stuff that doesn't get the press, doesn't get the attention, that makes the stuff that gets the press and the attention possible. Behind every headline is a backstory you haven't heard about. Behind every high, uh, headline is, is a backstory of things that happened that led up to that moment where now the lights are on and the camera's rolling and now the interview, because we want to talk about, tell us about, very seldom do they say, tell us about all the stuff that we really don't care about that led up to the moment that we care about. And every highlight, it's the simple stuff, it's the Simple moments. It's the normal things that make every sports highlight possible in football, right? Touchdowns are made possible by blocking and tackling and running your assignment. They only show the replay, most often just only show the replay of the, of the big play, not the stuff that makes the big play possible. There's some exceptions, but most of the time. In basketball, it's, it's not just the score or the dunk or the drive. It's the picking, the boxing out. And all those things that make it possible, right? If you think about it, you'll, you'll know it's true. But here's where I want to go with this. It's spiritual as well, because God does his best work in our lives. In very much the same way, through simple moments that we often miss. God's best work is often not done in the headlines and the highlights, but in the simple things and the simple moments that we often miss if we're not careful while we're looking for the headlines and the highlights. The common, everyday moments, behind the scenes that a lot of times we miss. Why do we miss it? Well, because, quite honestly, we live in a hurry. I live in a hurry. You live in a hurry. Rush, 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 rush. 
on to the next thing, done, done, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. What do we got next? What do we got next? Where do we got to be? And it seems like we feel this even more during Christmas. You know why we feel it more during Christmas? Because there's all these expectations and all these extra events that we add to our daily schedules. And we know it. We know it's going to happen. That's why every year around Thanksgiving we say, we're going to do things different this year only to run ourselves crazy again. And about this time, you're already projecting into next year. Next year, it's going to be different, and hopefully it will be. Yeah, rush, 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 rush. We live in a hurry. We live in a hurry. And, and what's more, while we're living in a hurry, what we find ourselves focusing on and looking for is the big and the loud and the flashy and the miraculous. Yeah, that, that's what we seem to look for, those, those big moments that, the headlines, the highlights, the flashy stuff. I do it, you do it, I mean, we all do it. It's not like I, I want you to feel bad. I do want you to be aware. But it's God, as we will see, often does some of his best stuff, though in the simple moments, the normal things that we miss when we're living in a hurry and we're only focused on headlines and highlights, the big, the bold, the flashy, flat, flat, flashy, flashy, in the miraculous. What we will find in the next few moments, and I think you'll find if you look at your life, that um, it's the simple things, the simple moments that should fill us with the most wonder. The stuff that's right in front of your face. The stuff that you see all the time so much that you don't even really pay attention to it anymore because it's just normal to you. And that you'll miss while you're looking for the big stuff. That's what should fill us with wonder. After all, God chose to save the world, which is a pretty big, bold, and flashy, and amazing, and spectacular, and sensational thing, but he chose to do that out of the context and the foundation of very, very normal, simple things, as we will see in the events that led up to the first Christmas, the birth of Jesus, which we know looking back is a, is a headline, and we know looking back is very much a highlight. We know, we know, we have the benefit of seeing the backstory now looking back and seeing the moment and seeing everything that's happened since. But if you were living back then, in the moment, in the time when Jesus was born, it would not have hit you as very spectacular. It was really, really, really normal, really, really simple. Let me show you. At that time, Luke records that the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken. Census. We're going to count the people we're going to see. And back then, it wasn't mail-in stuff, you know, fill this out and mail it in. This was before all that. It's like, y'all got to come and say, here I am, back to your hometown kind of thing. Census be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, that was his family, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And, and by the way, he took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. Now, you and I cannot unknow what we know about this, okay? We, we cannot, like, not know what we know uh, about where this is going and what's going on here and all of this from the prophecies and everything. But if you were living in, okay, that moment, it wouldn't have hit you like it hits us. In fact, let's just pretend you didn't know anything about, if you didn't know anything about the Christmas story, if you didn't know anything about God, anything about Jesus, anything about the birth of Jesus, and you were reading this story for the very first time, about this point, you're going, <laughs> yeah. if I ask you, what do you think so far? What do you think so far? You're like, eh, it's 
not much of an intro. I mean, there's nothing really grabs you, you know. There's nothing I would make a movie highlight out of. I mean, because it's like, okay, there's a census, and, and, and so Joseph, he goes to be counted, and he's got his, you know, engage, he's engaged to this girl named Mary, and, okay, well, that, that's somewhat noteworthy. Okay, they're not married yet, but, okay, she's pregnant. Okay, well, that happens. We know that that happens, and she's pregnant. Do you know that Mary was probably not the only pregnant woman in Bethlehem who came to Bethlehem for a census? You ever thought about that? It's a very normal thing. I mean, there are probably a lot of ladies in that moment, somewhere in their first, second, or third trimester, somewhere in that nine-month span. And, and so she just happens to be one of them that's getting ready to give birth. It's a very normal, common thing. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, because that's what happens after nine months, right? Surprise! No, it's not really a surprise. Now, it, only, when it, only when the baby's really, really early or whew, really, really late does it get a really lot of uh, attention, right? It's just when babies are born right around the nine months, we're like, okay, well, we kind of expected that. It just kind of happens. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Well, that's what happens when you haven't had a child before. And you have a child, the child is your firstborn. And you got a 50-50 shot, boy, girl, girl, boy. Firstborn son. All I'm trying to get you to see is in the eyes of the world and, and looking on, this was very normative. This is very common. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now that's interesting. That's a little uncommon. Okay? Now again, they didn't see it the way we know it and see it, but so she, okay, there was no vacancy, everything was full. And because it was a census and everybody, you know, is there kind of thing and, and right, no vacancy, no vacancy, no vacancy. So she ends up having to have the baby in a manger. Bless her heart. That's what, you know, you ladies have had babies. You're going, oh, oh, sweet girl. Right? Right. You knowing what you know about giving birth and having to do that in an animal stall. And, and even some of you men who were way too close, much closer than you wanted to be in that moment to you knowing what you know going, oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, if it's funny, side note, that growing up in church, the innkeeper, you know, there's this proverbial innkeeper, right, that had to turn them away. This guy was vilified, demonized. Can you believe he turned Jesus away? He had no room for Jesus. Do you have room? And as a kid, I was like, what? What? I mean, maybe that's why the innkeeper doesn't have a figurine in the nativity set. You ever thought about that? Yeah. You're think twice. You want someone to make a figurine out of you. Don't turn. He didn't know it was baby Jesus. He didn't know it was Mary and Joseph. He didn't know. He was looking at the convergence of hundreds of years of prophecy. He just saw an unfortunate situation. And he was just being a good businessman. I'm sorry, we have no room. I'm sorry, you look like nice people. I have no room. Hey, here's a thought. Maybe he's the one that helped them find the manger. We don't know. But he very well could have been. He was such a nice guy. And he said, listen, I have no room. But you know what? Hey, I got an idea. I got an idea. And it's, it's not ideal, and, but it, maybe it'll do. I don't know. Let's not vilify the guy. I mean, it's a very normal thing. You're out of room, you're out of room. And... A baby was born. Very normal, isn't it? It's a very average thing 
a very normal thing for babies to be born. Now, let me admit and, and at least acknowledge, for those of you that are struggling with infertility, it's not a normal thing, and it's a very challenging, heartbreaking thing. You long for that to be a normal thing, but even you would agree that it's pretty common for babies to be born. That's why it hurts so badly for you waiting to have a child. You're unable to have a child at this point. In 2019, 385,000 babies were born every day on average. In 2019, 385,000 babies were born in the world every day, and you didn't even think about it unless it was happening to you or someone you knew and loved, right? You didn't think about it. It's just, all right, it's pretty normal. It just kind of happens. All I'm trying to get you to see is how very common and average these moments were. We, okay, again, we know what's getting ready to happen. We know what's coming, but it was out of the context of very simple things, simple moments that you often miss. You don't even think about it unless it's happening to you. Meanwhile, <laughs> that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Why? Because that's what shepherds do at nighttime. Very normal, very average. I mean, the sheep have to be shepherded all through the night. That's where, you know, a lot of the times the wolves and the coyotes and all that come out and animals to, to prey on them at, at night. And so you've got shepherds that have to pull the boring night shift. You just have to put, you know, some of the, somebody's got to do it, right? And you, yeah, you got to, it's your night. You got to watch the sheep. Very normal, very average, nothing. Again, you're reading the story, and so far you're going, wow, this movie looks like a dud. I ain't, I ain't written this, right? Hmm. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appears among them. Now hold the phone. Wait a second. Are you kidding me? Now that's different. That's spectacular. That's sensational. An angel. That don't happen. But, okay, and we know the rest of the story. And we're not going to get into the rest of the story. We know the rest of the story, right? We know what happens then. We've been talking about it for the last two or three weeks. But all of that was set up by very normal, common, simple things that if you're not really focused on it, you just blow right by all that. And we go right to the angel. Yeah, now that's a moment. I mean, the shepherds didn't see this coming. They're just pulling a normal, simple, boring night shift that goes unnoticed unless an angel shows up with a bunch of other angels and they're singing and they're making an announcement about the Savior of the world. Now, that'll, that'll spice up your night a bit. But other than that, pretty normal until, boom, the angel. Wouldn't you have hated to have been the guy that called out sick that night? Like Frank. <laughs> he was feeling a little woolly. So... I had to throw one more in there before we're done with this. Yeah. Wow. But all of that happened. Very normal. Clocking in, clocking out. How you doing, Ralph? How you doing, Sam? Everything's normal. Boom. You see, all of us desire miraculous moments. We all want the um, meaningful, deep, 
I, I think I can use this word in church, the magical. We want magical things to happen to us. In fact, in church world, we have a word for those magical life-changing moments. We call them spiritual moments or, or rather God moments, don't we? That's a God moment. I hear people talking, they'll say, man, that's a God moment. If I ever knew there was a God moment, that's a God moment. I know that's code and you know that's code because we're in church and we're church people and we're Christian people. That's code for the meaningful and the miraculous and the spectacular and the wow. We all want that. We all want to see God at work among us and in us. But here's what we may miss if we're not careful. Just like in the story, looking back, we see that the simple moments are the spiritual moments. The simple moments we often miss are actually the foundation out of which the spiritual moments that we all desire are given birth to and with. Yeah, simple things is where God often does his best, most life-altering, life-changing work. A census, okay, we're counting people. A birth. 385,000 of those a day, and that was two years ago. Okay, that, okay. Shepherds clocking in to pull the night shift at night. It's out of all of that stuff that you would have just seen come and go without even realizing it that the Savior of the world entered our planet. And you, oh man, of all the ways God could have entered the world, think about it. There's a lot of ways meteorite, lightning bolt. Chose a birth. It's it's the simple things that the spiritual stuff is given life to. Simple moments are where we find meaning and purpose and depth. It's the simple stuff right in front of you that helps you connect with God and, and find Jesus at work in your life. Another way to say it, the miraculous is found in the mundane. Miraculous things are found in the mundane not just in the spectacular. The magical is found in the moment, simple, daily moments, average, right there in your face, moments that you will miss. That's the special stuff. That's where the spiritual substance is found. Hey, and that's good news because all of us have all kinds of simple moments in our lives, right? Because I hear people in church all the time say, man, nothing spectacular ever happens to me. I don't got no miracles. I hear people talking about miracles here and miracles there, and I don't ever see any of that stuff. I don't ever have all that stuff happen to me. Well, here's the good news. That's not where God does his best work anyway. That just gets all the press. That's just the headlines and the highlights that we like to focus on. The good stuff, as we will see. It's those normal, simple things. Now, I have a confession to make. I don't do this very well sometimes. Yeah. I struggle with this from time to time. I know I'm as surprised as you are. You know why? Because I, too, live in a rush. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Next thing, next thing, next thing. And, and my personality, being more type A, I'm a very organized kind of person, and, and nothing wrong with that. And my mind works in bullet points and lists. I just naturally think that way. I just find myself, if I'm not careful, really going from the, this thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. It's hard for me to celebrate in the moment because I know what's coming next, and i got to get ready for that. Right? 
I mean, I could be spontaneous if you give me a moment to plan for it. <laughs> it's real simple, okay? Those of you that have been blessed and cursed with that, you get, you get it, right? And, and so I can really struggle for this, but I will tell you, I feel like I'm getting better. I feel like I'm getting better at it. I'm, I'm getting better at seeing the spiritual stuff in the simple stuff. And one of the reasons I'm getting better is because I live with a woman who does it very well. My wife Donna does this so well. She's not perfect. She hates it when I talk about her like this because she's much more behind-the-scenes kind of person. She doesn't like the spotlight and the stage and all that kind of stuff. It's just not who she is. And so I, I'm learning to savor the simple things. Uh, a few months ago, th- this moment, I remember vividly, I was sitting on the couch, and from our couch, from where I sit in our living room, we could see into the kitchen in our home, and um, I, I was um, sitting there on my laptop, and I can't remember what I was doing. I think I was answering a complaining email when you guys sent me or something, and, and Donna was getting a drink of water, and she walked to the sink, and she was filling up water, and she stopped, and I just noticed she stopped, and she held the water up, and she said, isn't this amazing? And I'm like, um, what? So this, this is amazing. Do you know how many people would kill for this? And I just walked to my sink, and here we go, clean water. And, and she said, we're just we're so, so thankful for this. Now, she's not like that all the time. But she's like that a lot more than I am. And so I was like, huh, yeah. You know, because I'm real spiritual. <laughs> and I got it, right? I'm learning, I'm learning. I think that's fantastic. You say, well, oh yeah, well that, that's nice and everything. She must not have a lot going on in her life. No, it has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with it. It's about perspective. So I'm getting better, okay? So here's my moment. When I make coffee every morning, that's a spiritual moment to me. Do you know that? You laugh at you want. First of all, coffee is spiritual. Everybody knows that, right? A good coffee, that is, and if you're making it the right way. I mean, there's a wrong way to make it, right? So, so I, I enjoy that, and it's often during that moment where I'm making coffee, because I do it without even thinking, because I've done it so many times, right? Because it, it, it's one of those, it's so simple, it's so normal to me, and I just make coffee. You know, that's where I often pray for you, get my head in the game for the day. It's where I often pray for those of you who have sent me that complaining email, Right? When I'm making the coffee and I'm thinking about the day that's, you know, what am I doing today and, and what's coming today? It, it's become a very spiritual moment. I feel like I'm getting better at learning this thing that simple moments are spiritual moments. They, they, they are. Look at your life. Look at the normal things right in front of your face and understand that's where God is often going to do the most miraculous work. It's right there in the middle of the mundane stuff. Right? Don't be frustrated that your life's not filled with miracles and understand that if you would have eyes to see and ears to hear, there are normal things and simple moments that when you enter into them, you are overwhelmed with the miraculous. It's everywhere, all around us. Here's a tradition um, that we've done with our family, with our girls when they were growing up through the Christmas season, and we got this idea from Donna's family Donna's mom and dad, they did this. I know there's a lot of things her parents do that I don't want to do. Dumb. You know what I'm saying? Because they're her parents. Are you kidding me? Just like I'm sure our children will look at me and my wife and go, oh, we ain't never doing that, mom and dad. You know, you know, how, that, you know how that goes. You know, every generation improves from the generation before them that was clueless. We all get that. Okay. But her parents did one thing 
more than one thing, but there's one thing in particular they did that we started doing with our girls, and I think it's fantastic. And when I tell you what this is, you're going to go, oh, you pastors, you pastor, you do this kind of spiritual stuff all the time. I really don't. I'm not nearly as spiritual as you think I am. So, so this is something that, that, that they did and we do. At the bottom of all the Christmas gifts, on, or on the tag or somewhere on the gifts, we, we write James 1.17, or they wrote, and so we start doing that. James 1.17, James 1.17, James 1.17. You say, well, what is that? What is that? I'm so glad you asked. I happen to have it right here. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good gift, every good thing. Now, <laughs> it does ask, you know, it does kind of make you think, where does the bad gifts come from? I'll let you decide that. If the good gifts come from him, the bad gifts, I don't know. But they wanted their kids to understand that the good things that God gives, the good things in our lives are from him. That the good things, if you trace it back, if you, and we wanted our girls to know that no matter what, what it is in life, the good, not just the gift you're opening, but it's 365, 24-7 kind of thing. All year long, if every good thing, if you trace it back, you'll find it leading somehow in some way ultimately to the throne of God. All good things come ultimately from him. You know what this tells us? This tells us that it, it's that simple stuff that is so good, that simple stuff that's the good stuff, which happens to be the God stuff. Those simple things, are, those good things are God things. They're not just things. Yeah, it's, it's just right there in front of you, and if you're not careful, you will miss it. It is all around you. If you will just see it, these simple moments. You say, man, this sounds so cheesy. It sounds like an ongoing, unending Hallmark movie. Yeah, I get it. I understand. But let me tell you something. You believe it's true because this is exactly what you do in key moments of your life is you find yourself going back to the simple moments and the simple things. And it's the simple moments and the simple things that become so meaningful to you, become so precious to you. You do it. We all do it. In times of pain and loss, what do we find ourselves doing in our minds? Going back to the simple things. In, in seasons of change and loss, when there's a birth, we reminisce. I remember when you were born. It was just a birth, one of 385,000 born on that day. Yeah, and, and we go back to the simple, and we replay that. It gives meaning to life. On graduations, what do we do, parents and grandparents, when one of our children or grandchildren graduate from kindergarten? You graduate from everything now. Second grade, big show. You know what they do? They graduated from fourth grade. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, graduations, high school, college, Right? What do we do? What do we do? What makes us, okay, what makes you cry at a wedding? What makes you cry at a wedding when you see the bride, when you see your children, when you see those young ones go before you because your mind is going back to, I remember when she would come out of the dressing room in J.C. Penney's and twirl and say, Daddy, look at me. I'm losing it, right? It's simple. Okay, that's the stuff. And if you don't believe me, just think back to the last time someone you loved died. 
Where does your mind go? The simple, everyday things that you'll never see again. We go there. We know this is true. The simple moments are the spiritual moments. That's the good stuff. That's the God stuff. And that's where God works in our lives. And they're all around us. Stop looking for the miraculous, the big and the flashy, and understand that the miraculous is found in the mundane. I mean, everybody loves a good headline. Everybody loves a good highlight, right? But it's the simple things that we will miss one day when they're gone. So let's not wait. Let's not wait. In fact, let's just make a decision to slow down. Just slow down and, 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 and notice. Notice the simple stuff that's right in front of you. Isn't it true that life will eventually slow you down, whether you like it or not? It will for all of us. So let's decide right now. Okay? And I know for those of you that are young, your young family, you're just like, what? That's unheard of. There is no slowing down. My life is just manic. Yes, there are seasons of life when slowing down becomes more challenging. But I haven't met anybody where slowing down really is easy. It's just the world we live in. It takes intentionality. Slow down to see the simple moments that are spiritual and see it. If you don't see it, you won't. Here's why. The curse of familiarity. The things we see all the time, we stop seeing because we see them all the time. Because you see it all the time, eventually you stop seeing it. You see it and you don't even realize you're seeing it. That's why you drive to work and don't realize you don't remember driving there. You just, you get out and you're, you ever done that? You showed up somewhere and you're like, I, I don't remember getting here. You're just there. Why? You do it without even thinking because you do it all the time. And people are like that. Right? The people we see all the time, we stop seeing them. Often in counseling, that's what that comes out. I feel like they don't see me anymore. Well, they see you all the time. No, not like that, but they don't see me see me. Right? Same thing with simple moments. You see them, they're so simple, they're so common. If you don't slow down and see it, you'll miss it. And then savor it. Slow down, see it, savor it, drink it in, enjoy it, call it out. Savor it. You say, oh, this is, this is a good moment right here. All right, slow down, slow down. Okay, and talk about it. Do you see what's happening right here? Oh, this is good. We're going to remember. We need to remember this. Isn't it true when you're young? You have all these moments that you think, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. And then you get a little bit older and you've forgotten. You've forgotten so much that you never thought that you would forget. That's why it's so important to, to slow down and see things and savor them and savor them. They don't have to be perfect to savor them. Okay? Life isn't perfect. Good things, good things, good things are God things. That's the good stuff. Simple moments or spiritual moments. And it's where God often does his best work. Think. I journaled some of this out. Maybe it's your routine. That's why we call it a routine, right? You do the same thing. I just do it. It's just automatic. It's just automatic. Pre-programmed in me. I don't even think about it. That. That right. Focus on your routine. In your routine is where God will surprise you. That's where you'll have a, an angel moment, maybe. I don't know. A life-altering moment. It's out of the mundane. 
Maybe, maybe it is a glass of water or a cup of coffee or maybe it's that plate full of food. Maybe it's the warm clothes, the convenience, the convenience that you enjoy, right? The stuff right in front of you, the, Maybe the kids that are playing annoyingly loud. That, that, that right there. Perhaps it's those very rare quiet moments when the house is still. No one's calling your name. No one needs anything. Yeah, if you're a young mom or dad, that's about 4 a.m. Right? For about 15 minutes. Maybe it's nature. This happens to me a lot. God, I feel like, surprises me often with nature. It's that tree that you pass all the time. You don't see it until you see it. It's that stream you drive over, that bridge. I mean, you drive over it all the time. You don't even see it until you see it. Or, or maybe it's people. More often than not, people. The people you see all the time that you may not see unless you stop and you focus on the phone call or the email or the text, those people filled with simple things that one day you will miss when they're no longer with you. And that's not meant to be something that makes you feel guilty or bad, but to just help you open your eyes. Simple moments like that are the spiritual moments that God does miraculous things through. It also could be the simple problems of your day. Yeah, those annoying problems. It's often in those things that God does his best work. Or questions. Do you know God actually works through our questions more than he does answers? It's our questions. Simple things like the delays and the inconveniences, the traffic, the they're late, the interruptions. I didn't see this. I didn't need this today. The interruptions that if you stop and slow down and see it and savor it actually become divine interjections, not just annoying interruptions. And for Christmas, my goodness, we have this opportunity. Maybe the traditions, those simple traditions, you know, the stuff you're doing with your family right now, you can't even remember why you're doing it anymore. You just did it because they did it before you and then they did it and it's kind of stupid and it's kind of fun at the same time and it really, okay, right there, there's something maybe in that. Christmas conversations, conversations you'll have, the meals you will share, the laughter, right? All of the crazy chaos and the mess, all of that simple stuff. Maybe right in that. I don't, I don't know. Or maybe it was just in, it's just in being together or in the memories that you will have from those that can no longer be with you. Simple moments are the spiritual moments. It's stuff like that that, if you're not careful, angels show up and a Savior is born and the world is changed. And God still works that way. God still does stuff like that in my life and in your life. Let's slow down and see it and savor it. Our Father, we thank you of all the ways that you could have come to earth to save us. You chose a census 
birth of a baby boy on a night when there was no vacancy. Shepherds that had clocked in for the night shift. Such, such, such normal things that we just overlook and bypass. If we don't slow down, see it, and savor it. It is out of those things in our lives, all around us, in front of us, that you will do great works within us. Teach us and show us what we need to know and what we need to learn. It adds meaning and depth and a connection with others in with you. Help us to slow down, see it, and savor it. Not just for Christmas, but for the holidays. But from now on, thank you for showing us this is how you work and how you do some of your best stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you're inspired. I hope you're encouraged. I hope this series has helped add meaning and depth and value to your Christmas celebration with you and yours. And we still have a little bit more to go. We've got the Christmas services coming up on Friday. If you have not RSVP'd, please do so for you and everyone you're inviting. We are giving you invite cards and reminder cards on your way out so that it will help remind you and it'll give you something that you can give your neighbor, your friend, your guest that you would love to invite with you. So thank you so much for being here, and we will see you then as we celebrate together in person and online. Merry Christmas.